Greetings, listeners. This is Troy, one of the hosts of Geeking Off the Page. I would like to extend a welcome to you, and for those that are listening to us for the first time and may be a little confused, yes, this is the seventh episode. Our originating feed for this podcast was incorrectly posted, and we're making strides to reload the previous episodes into its new and permanent home. So for the next six days, we will be posting these episodes to make everything cohesive. Now, on this particular episode, when it comes to a technical level, one of our hosts was remotely broadcasting on a very poor connection. So at times we lose some of his audio, but again, it's only temporary. And as a last piece of information, please note that our podcast is full of spoilers. We have time codes listed in the episode's description, so please take note. You have been warned. So thanks once again, and we hope you enjoy. In a world overrun with an infinite amount of multiverses originating from a plethora of sources, four longtime friends band together to try to make sense of it all and present it to an audience in an easy-to-digest podcast. This is Geeking Off the Page. Hi everyone, this is Mike Kitchen. I'm coming to you from the great Canadian North. Hi, I'm Trevor. I'm in terrible pain, but I'm still here. I'm Gavin, and I'm dumber than a bowl full of ice. And I'm Troy, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. All right, so we want to welcome everyone to Geeking Off the Page. This is our seventh episode. Thanks for joining us here. This is a collective of uh, like-minded friends that have known each other since our college years over 25 years ago. And where we back then talked about this sort of stuff, we're talking about it now. And what we're talking about is comic books, movies, TV shows, and whatnot. Everything centered around the geek universe. And uh, like I said, this is our seventh episode. And thanks again for uh, tuning in. So what we'd like to do is we usually uh, start off... uh, each episode by talking about uh, our coming attractions, which is our trailer talk. Now, there wasn't anything particularly um, exciting uh, this week, but uh, what we did end up seeing is uh, Disney Plus released us released for us a couple of clips. We have two clips from the upcoming uh, Loki movie, and we also have a clip from Black Widow. So, um, everyone has uh, seen this particular uh, clip that we are uh, referring to. Which, uh, that we're talking about Black Widow or we're talking about Loki? A- any of them. Oh, Black Widow looks interesting. Uh, I gotta say, the clip that they released feels a little generic car chasey. Just your, your standard car chase scene. Uh, although it is nicely flipped around where uh, Black Widow is in the car and the pursuer is in, on the motorbike. Yeah, yeah. But it for the moment, it kind of feels kind of same samey with uh, with a lot of like almost every other chase scene in a movie. All right, you you, you think so? I I thought it, I thought they actually looked pretty cool to tell you the truth. I mean I I, I mean the Loki ones were kind of cool, but when it comes to the uh, action of the, uh, it felt like born identity to me. That exactly it, what it really I was did. thinking. Okay, I see what you mean now. I, feel okay, like born identity. <laughs> Okay, I see what so you mean like, by gen- you've seen it before is what you're saying, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We've seen that kind of, that style. Okay, I see what you're saying. All right. It's, it's like any of the Fast and Furious movies. You've seen one car chase, you've seen them all. Except when they're flying in the air 
impacting tanks with their Mustang. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a little different, but 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 yeah. All right, all right. Um, what do you guys think? Of, did anyone see the? Okay, so in the uh, Loki, uh, in the Loki clips, we ended up uh, getting uh, introduced to um, two characters, which are going to be a uh, constant in the actual series. We got uh, Owen Wilson's character, who uh, is, uh, yes, thank you, who is, uh, uh, I want to say, I want to say his name is, what is his name? It is uh, Mobius. Yes. Uh, Agent Mobius. Uh, so it's just a, basically a clip of the two of them doing a walk and talk, which is kind of cool. Um, we get a nice little reveal of uh, the, uh, the restrictment collar that's on uh, Loki's neck, which is kind of neat. And uh, basically he's uh, basically spews on about uh, his, his job and what uh, they want to task uh, Loki to be doing. And the other one is uh, uh, basically a tertiary character, which I'm thinking is uh, referred to as uh, Miss Minutes, which is a uh, autonomous uh, computer generated character that is uh, basically doing the PA system for the whole uh, TVA. So uh, she's an animated uh, clock, very um, uh, fallout sort of looking type character uh, from the mm -hmm. video game. And uh, I mean, it definitely looks like it's being a bit more on the jovial side for sure. So. Um, we get to see uh, some of the restrictions that the uh, TVA has for their uh, operatives as uh, one of the characters claims that he's not going to show his ID. He gets vaporized right in front of the officer. So there's a little bit of, uh, they're definitely- Look, he's pragmatic. He'll, 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 he'll comply. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So but does anybody know if the Mobius character, is that an actual Marvel character? Like, has that shown up in comics? As far as I know, yes, there is a Mobius character that, um, but he apparently, yeah, because I believe when they created the Mobius character, they based him on a uh, one of the uh, throwback, like, um, like the lineage uh, comic book artist. He's like his image is based on a the actual like, comic book creator Mobius. No, I don't think or, he's. Oh, okay. No, I don't think he's. But I think uh, like an early Marvel, like his design is based after an early Marvel like pioneer. I can't remember who it is. It's it's something I heard in passing on one of the uh, Mark uh, of... Grunwald, apparently. That yeah, does not. Know. All right. He showed well, up in Fantastic Four number three hundred and fifty-three. That's uh, where the first time you see Mobius and Mo Mobius. There you go. So thank uh, Wikipedia for that one. Yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yes. Thank sometimes you. sometimes you're a help, sometimes you're a hindrance. Oh, and speaking of Owen Wilson, uh, he's in Saratoga right now filming a, a show of some kind because there's pictures of him showing up all across Facebook and people are like, you know, he was at the, the Saratoga Historical Battlefield just wandering around. Wow. I invited him to the podcast, Trevor. Well, I didn't get to see him, so. Uh, but I've seen. Next uh, time. Friends of, our, friends of mine have posed. You know, pose with, he's been in pictures with them, so. <clears throat> wow. I don't have time to drive 20 minutes up there. Okay. Only 20 minutes? <laughs> Only 20 yeah. minutes? So I ain't nobody got time for that. All right. Um, so um, when we're coming along to uh, talking about uh, comic book and whatnot uh, news and all that, we have a couple of uh, things about um, our, our friendly neighborhood, the Batman. 
has actually got a couple of things. Uh, apparently, people were uh, losing their shit over the look of the Riddler in the Batman, which is kind of weird why it's now. But um, I believe we were linked to a Twitter uh, image which uh, pulls up the actual uh, 2022 calendar of the Batman. And on it, we have several images of, well, not actually pictures of him, but it's drawings of the Riddler where his head is completely wrapped up in tape, as we've seen in the trailer that uh, it is. And uh, we have uh, quite a few shots of actually the, the Batmobile, which is kind of neat. But uh, yeah, so um, what do you guys think about this Riddler? He doesn't seem, to me, he doesn't seem very Riddler, just visually. He seems more like a scarecrow. He seems more like To, a, to be fair, we, we've only had three live action incarnations of the Riddler, right? The original Bat Adam West version, the Batman Forever version. Which was a joke. Jim Carrey. Which was, yeah, so it's, it's Jim Carrey doing a, and a, a joke. Jack guy. Nicholson impression, yeah. And then yeah. this guy, and, yeah. And, but like every single animated version of him has always been uh, green suit, question marks all over him. And maybe this will work. This could, well, this could work. I, problem is, is, I mean, the animated series one, I think, was a better design because Riddler is, you know, at his heart, he's a very cerebral character. You know, he's, he's not going to like put up his fists and, 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 and you know, go toe to toe with Batman. He's going to use his brain. But to see him like, you know, all wrapped up with basically duct tape with some holes punched for his mouth and then the tape kind of wrapped around his glasses. It, it's like, I, I, I can't take him seriously. You know, this guy could come bursting through the door with a butcher knife wearing that. And I would I would start laughing as I beat the crap out of him um, because I'm like, really, this is the I mean, you couldn't even stop at a Halloween store and grab a generic mask. You just have to <laughs> stop at like Home Depot and grab a, a strip of like a roll of duct tape. You know, if you're going to commit to it, get some gorilla tape and, and really, you know, push that stuff in. So that's how I was like, I, look, I, I see the, the the renderings of that costume. I'm like, this this looks like a guy who does not, you know, his 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 toaster's not full of of, of bread. He's, you know, his drawers not is missing some crayons, like the whole bit. Like he just doesn't strike me as a cerebral villain. This is what we were talking about last week. It's like, seriously, just get the animated series guys to design stuff. Like, go with that. Like, really, they should fire everybody. Everyone from the DC figure... movie universe. Yeah, I can't figure out, like, when they, they say, hey, we're, we got this villain. We're, we're going to go get this design company to come up with some designs. And it's like they go, animated series? No, 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 no. We won't look at that. Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Freeze. Like, from from... Schumacher's debacle, even putting you know shoehorning Schwarzenegger into that outfit. Did you not look at the animated series? Did you not look at the design that Mike Mignola did? Like, yeah, the Heart of the, Ice series was one of the most epic ones. Yeah, I mean, and just even that design, like even through Batman Beyond, and they you know update the iterations of of, of Mr. Freeze, it's still a, a very yeah, 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 exactly. But when you see the, the crap they do instead, you're like, why? Why, what, why is this what you're doing? You know, it's, it's, you don't have to reinvent the wheel and make it square and on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the good news is, though, is uh, 
uh, Bruce Tim is uh, working on animated series. Yep, that is that is what it, one of the other things is. Yes. So apparently, uh, the WB, uh, sorry, uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, HBO is Max. Is it HBO Max? Yeah, that's really going to be broadcast. Right, 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 right. So, so it's Warner Brothers and yes, HBO. Yes, that's it. Yeah, Warner Brothers and HBO. Um, but also, oh, but there's also going to be something on the Cartoon Network as well. Mm -hmm. So Bruce Tim is uh, Bruce Tim, Matt Reeves, which is, who is in charge of the new The Batman movie coming out, and J.J. Abrams are going to be working on the new Batman: The Cape Crusader TV series, which uh, again going to be animated and. Um, it's kind of, it, it looks very, uh, Gotham, like year one, sort of like, there isn't very much from it. All we have is a, a single image from whatever the promo is. And mm -hmm. it, if it's going to be following along this line, it looks like it's going to be flares. Will there be like, there, there, has to be. there has to be, I think it's in the Abrams contract, unless they like limit him to like th no more than three flares an episode. I'm definitely getting a very uh, old school comic version of Batman here, especially with the way the ears are kind of like, yeah, sort of yeah. bowing out a bit. Definitely. Yeah. My only concern is the um, artwork seems to be spot on. Like, you know, that looks like year one Batman. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My very only concern is, is they, you know, Batman animated series, they even had a couple of episodes that dealt with, you know, Batman's early start. Mm -hmm. I just my worry is is they're going to keep they're going to tread over a bunch of episodes like storylines they've already done again and again because you know it's how do you fill up a season exactly yeah. my point uh, that, I, that I mentioned earlier they they've already talked like you know they've already given origin stories for just about every single character how can they do this without retreading every single thing again yeah and the thing is is you, you can't always assume your, your audience knows everything you know. So when, every time you have an, a new character come onto screen, you're going to have to explain them in some, especially if it's going to be a reoccurring character, you're going to have to explain them in some fashion. Like, you know, his rogues gallery, Catwoman, Bane, you know, Killer Croc, they're going to have to be explained in some way. And yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a lot of, well, here we go for yet another origin story. Now, here's the flip side to that, though, is like my kids never got a chance to watch any Batman related things in their lifetime, except for a couple of random animated series things. Like if this I know the news article said this is targeted towards adults who like the old animated series, but this could be a gateway to the next generation to actually watch Batman movies that they can enjoy. Like my kids haven't seen The Dark Knight. Like it's not really a kid's movie. That's true. Too. So yeah, yeah, this yeah. is uh, like, you know, it, even if they have to retell the stories, like, you know, for my nine-year-old son to actually be able to watch an animated Batman. Like, well, I'm still going to end up showing my daughters the original yeah, I mean, series. There's no way I'm I mean, not going to watch with Heart this. of Ice and then watch the waterworks happen and then go right into, you know, <laughs> on leather wings and, and so on and so forth. That's another one that a lot of people don't talk about on Leather Wings. That's a, that's a really good one. Well, those were the first two episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Heart of Ice and on Leather Wings. But uh, yeah, so I mean, everyone, I, like Gavin said, I am also, I, it's not like I won't be avoiding this. I'm going to watch it because. Oh, I'm going to watch the hell out of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Yeah, anything with Bruce Tim attached, I'm in. You can't, you cannot, yeah, you, there's no denying that with that name, it's going to, it, he's not going to let 
a project go out there with his name on it and not be a good project. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, and that one some serious fight. Yeah. And the other one, uh, the other series that is coming out is uh, My Adventures with Superman. So this is going to be in early days of Clark Kent becoming Superman at the at the uh, Daily Daily Bugle. I was Planet. totally saying yes, I know. <laughs> Planet. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, almost had a Spider-Man team. Now, up. Is this almost, yeah. from Superman's point of view or Jimmy Olsen's point of view? Because it sounds like the title kind of makes me believe. Yes. Like from Jimmy and Olsen. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that Jimmy Olsen is probably going to be the main character in this, or at least the one that we. The, the narrator, basically. The narrator, yes, from yes, that's it. The, yes, from, it's going to be from his point of view, but it'll more than likely be, yes, definitely a lot of uh, the actual Superman, well, the Clark and Lois sort of thing. Um, again, we only have one image from this, and it is a very uh, anime-looking uh, image. Of very a, much like that Shiro show. Yes, it definitely looks like, and apparently one of the people actually involved with it is uh, one of the, uh, uh, let's see, it is uh, Josie Campbell, who worked on She-Ra, the Princess of Power. So uh, we I have- I think she was one of the head people on that one. Yep. And, and that was one that kind of triggered me artistically because, you know, He-Man, She-Ra was always about, you know, that's the ultimate male power fantasy kind of right. comic. Like if you look at what Kevin Smith's working on, I yep. see that He-Man, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's in the right wheelhouse. But the She-Ra stuff that I saw, it was this kind of weird, um, I, I didn't watch all the shows, but the designs and the vibe didn't seem right to me. And that makes me nervous seeing that vibe attached to a Superman property. Well, I, so I, it'll I, be point out, I would Go point ahead, out Jeff. that uh, she, She-Ra was... Uh, like the new version of Shira, I think, is more aimed to uh, obviously the younger female audience. Uh, there, there honestly has not been a whole lot that can really resonate. But I, I felt uh, I watched a few episodes of it, and I felt that uh, to me at least that it would definitely resonate with uh, younger girls, especially girls sort of seeing what uh, you know, basically showing what women could do, what, like what. You know, it's 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 a it's a very pro-feminist uh, show, I think. And of course, you know, we we grew up on He Man and you know, She-Ra, like you know, the the original Mattel stuff, and it was very much like there's aimed at you know the boys, you know, eight to twelve kind of category. Whereas this is this is given a much more broader uh, target for, uh, of girls to really aspire to. Well, I'll just tell you right now. So my different than Gavin because I haven't seen them. Oh, go ahead, Troy. Uh, well, I was just saying, my uh, at that time, my daughter was uh, four when she was watching it, and she watched the whole entire series, enjoyed it. It's a very okay. colorful looking series. It's not. It's got a lot of action. It's got a lot of funny parts in it, and all that. The characters are not very. Um, they're not as. Um, they're they're because they're more of a cartoon character than the basic animation that filmation had done originally they were more inviting they had a more fluid look to the characters they were more attractive to more personality more personality to them yes instead of the same run cycles every single time you know how it was right the single background and the characters keep running by doing the same thing every other episode but uh this one and um we've even like had a couple of like um like 
of the miniature graphic novels that I've gotten for her as well. And we've read those and all that. So she really enjoyed the series. And I'm actually in the trying to build her one of her own She-Ra swords, which is kind of cool out of foam and all that. That's so cool. she can, yeah. So um, she really enjoyed it. And she's a four-year-old. Well, at the time, I mean, she now is like, where's my She-Ra sword? I'm like, yeah, as soon as I get some time, I'll work on it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the new She-Ra Here's a question. Go ahead. Sorry, delay. <laughs> um, I'm... Okay, so hero characters. She-Ra compared to like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Okay. Um... Because I know, like, I was ready to put it on wristbands after Wonder Woman. <laughs> that, that, yeah, right, hey, buddy, to see that, Mike. <laughs> well, the nice thing is, the nice thing is the, um, um, She-Ra wasn't used in this series as much as He-Man was in the old series. Like, you barely saw Prince Adam. He was mostly always He-Man. Um, but in this new Netflix She-Ra, it was Princess Aurora? Aurora, Aurora, right? Aurora with her team trying to solve something. And if they came to it, then because she did not have, because she's brand new to having the sword and the power and the, the honor of Grayskull, right? So she is still learning how to cope with being this super being and all that. So she's not sure how to use it and she comes up for points where she does something as she-ra and she realizes after she's done it, like oh i've done uh, a lot more damage than i expected to or i really shouldn't be i should be a little more cautious of what i'm doing because i'm this big powerful character so when i get into a scrape and i tear down a mountain to stop a single bad guy there's consequences after that so there's that sort of difference between the classic 80s and the modern day She-Ra. So it has a more, it actually has a better morality than that. Hey, well, I guess She-Ra didn't have the morality. She's the one, do you find me in this episode sort of thing, <laughs> character. But So do um, you guys think this would work for Superman? That kind of style for the I think Superman it might, series. Will it work? If they follow that sort of line where Clark is still not sure about being Superman, he's just new to being Superman. He's just... Because, like, he doesn't become Superman until he moves to Metropolis, right? When he's in Smallville, he's still, I guess, if you throw in the Superboy story, he's Superboy and he has the suit at that point and he's dealing with that powers. But for the most part, he's not Superman until Clark moves to Metropolis. Is that correct? Am I right? Am I basically? Getting... I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, at least for the movie and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's yeah. so many different like there's Superboy where he's got suit and all that kind of stuff but like right. for the mainstream version yeah it's when he moves to Metropolis and yeah Daily Bugle and all that kind of stuff Daily Planet which one was it? I forget which one? Which yeah, was exactly. yeah, I can't yeah. remember anymore <laughs> I think you're thinking of Super Spider-Man oh they, that guy uh, right yes yes um, but yeah so if Mark. they if they follow that sort of line where it's Superman like Clark Kent trying to become Superman and realizing that it's tough trying to be this double character and whether or not he has to figure out who he's going to tell the truth to, who he's going to like try and keep his identity hidden from and all that. So I think if they handle it that way, I think it, I think it would be a great way to do the series. And like I said, the people involved with it are like the uh, woman who did She-Ra. Um, one of the people from the uh, Netflix Voltron is involved with this. 
Um, in uh, storyboards or something, wasn't it? His I, I job in think that? so. I think it was something like that. Yeah, exactly. And Voltron was an amazing series. Yeah, and that oh, was fantastic. Yeah, and that was also another. Yeah, yeah. So and um, so apparently, oh, and the other thing they did say is that Jack Quaid from The Boys will be voicing Superman. So, um, Jack Quaid, who plays the uh, the the main guy. Uh, Dennis Quaid's son. Uh, why can't I think of the character's name right now? I haven't watched it for like a couple of months, and the, now I can't. The, the one, the one that uh, activated the the sphincter bomb on uh, the invisible uh, hero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There we go. Yes. The guy that the guy that gets involved with what's her face? Uh, the... Huey. Huey. Yeah. Yes, Huey. Oh, Huey. Yes, of course. How stupid. Was Trevor just waiting for that? Mm-hmm. You son of a bitch. He always has like a two-minute delay for these names. We know you could answer it right away, Trevor. I could have, but it's more fun to watch with sweat. Speaking of the boys, (laughs) did you guys happen to see the uh, picture that um, uh, on Instagram that um, the butcher... Carl Urban. Thank you. Had posted uh, with uh, him and Jensen Eccles and uh, Jack Quaid and how they were welcoming uh, Jensen Ackles to the uh, cast of Boys Season 3, which is filming currently in Toronto. I had not seen that, that image. Yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. They're all, celebra- they're all celebrating with a beer, and it's kind of funny because um, Carl Urban is holding on to a uh, bottle of Corona as they're uh, celebrating that, and Jensen Ackles is, uh, is, is excited to be learning some new swear words. <laughs> I did see the uh, the head writer who he posted that thing on, on I think it was on Twitter a while back of uh, challenge accepted you sons of bitches and talking about the the one storyline that they, they everyone was saying you can't do it you can't do it where the all the heroes say oh we're going off to space to fight aliens and said they go to an island of debauchery and uh, there's a picture on Twitter of like the front page of the script and he's like challenge accepted you mother f motherfucker really he did it he that's wrote good. it he filmed that's it. pretty good so i'm looking forward to that particular episode all right okay oh trevor you're in the mockery. four kids mike four kids <laughs> i know All right, so moving on from that, we also have uh, a new uh, placement in the uh, hierarchy of uh, Lucasfilm. It's uh, been announced that uh, the executive creator director for Lucasfilm is now Dave Filoni. So basically, Lucasfilm now has their own uh, Kevin Feige in charge. I mean, he's been doing that for the last year, but they finally made it official. It's now official, yes, yes, exactly, Uh, yeah. Um, Between him and Favreau, they, I think, uh, this is save the Star Wars universe. Yes, it, it definitely, well, yeah, it, it it has. But you got to remember that Kennedy's still in charge. Oh yeah, I know. And Kathleen, she's still, you know, right at the top. She can squash anything they come up with. Yeah, no, Kathleen Kennedy again is still going to have the last word on everything. <clears> she's <throat> just, it's she's just grandfathered into the position. I mean, she's. Yeah. I'm just picturing Floney with a little piece of paper saying "challenge accepted." <laughs> I think you can squash this. <laughs> now, 
we had a couple of series that uh, came out uh, this uh, this week, uh, basically all on Friday. Uh, we had several things drop. Um, we had on the Friday we had a new episode of Bad Batch, the Star Wars Bad Batch. We had a uh, episode in Canada. We had a single episode of Modoc release on Disney Star, Disney Plus Star. Damn you, Hulu! Apparently, in in the states, they got how many episodes? Did you say? All of them. All of them on Hulu. So we're getting them parsed out episode by episode. So, um, and then the other thing that dropped is um, the uh, Army of the Dead by uh, Zack Snyder. So that uh, nice two and a half hour zombie epic uh, heist film. Um, but I don't know how much we can really go into any sort of conversation with these because uh, some of us have seen, some of us have not, some of us want to. I want the whole. One second. Sure thing. Can you see this? Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. How many episodes is that? Damn, bitches. Uh, 10 episodes. Fuck. Oh, is that the Wonder Man one? Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. Episode 7. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, all of them. Uh... We could just and, watch them here right now tonight. And Let's the nice thing is, is that's true. all of the titles are from titles of comic books from MODOK. Oh, that is great then. Oh, that's yeah. a fantastic so, thing. If this be MODOK, the MODOK that time forgot, like if it's all there and it's okay, yeah, it's great. And, and so I take it you've seen the whole entire thing? No, no, I've only gotten two and a half episodes in. Oh, okay. So that's not so bad. Well, I, I, right. You know, I caught Army of Darkness yesterday. I caught the Bad Batch yesterday. This morning uh, was my daughter's belt exam and I was a judge and I had to break boards as well. It was a long day. I got home and I'm like, I'm. Well, is that, is that what the kids are calling it nowadays, Trevor? <laughs> I had my belt exam last night. So I was worn out from that. And then today. So yeah, by the time I got home, I was just like, my felt like I had packed some luggage under my eyes. And uh, so I was like, oh, well, Modoc. Okay. Here we go. I was not expecting like a 27 minute episode. I was not expecting a full, like with commercials, half hour show. It yeah. Was, it's and it is stop motion with a little yep. bit of CG thrown yep. in places to kind of spruce, but it's really nicely done. It is. It is very. It is very. It's very. I mean, it's basically taken the whole entire existence of robot chicken learning how to do this thing and mm -hmm. perfected it, which is, yeah. which also the the two of them from the two main guys from Robot Chicken are involved with this series as well. So there's no doubt that it was going to be. That and explains I everything on that. I have to say, with, with Patton Oswalt doing the voice and some of the writing, um, there are some great pop culture references, like even just a simple throwaway line. Yeah. Um, there's a line of, you know, he's time traveling, and it, I'm not going to give it away what exactly what happens, but a, a younger version of himself says, now that I'm here in the present, I'm before I take over the world, I must find out if Dippin' Dots has truly become the ice cream of the future. Nice, nice, nice. And we'll cool. think, we, we go up to the Great Escape and Dippin' Dots is there. And we always say, oh, well, we'll, get, we'll get some Dippin' Dots. Ice cream of the future. The and future. they still have the tagline on there. Yeah. And the fact that Oswald in, included that in there. And it's, it's just, a, just the whole, everything stops. He's like, now I must know if Dippin' Dots is the ice cream of the future. 
there's yeah. there was a lot of good subtle stuff in there. Did you see the uh, Did you see the wall of weapons that mm-hmm. he had? Optimus Prime's blaster was on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I nerded out on that. Nice. That's good. That's good. No, I didn't quite didn't quite catch that. Um, the 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 series is, I mean, even though it is a silly stop motion animated dolls, it is quite gory for what it's, it actually oh, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, is. There, there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of guts, there's a lot of gore, um, but it is really well done. People I, losing limbs. Yep, people yeah. losing well, limbs. When that uh, pet got um, yep. uh, rearranged, bladded, uh, rearranged uh, Amanda pretty much noped out of that at that point. She was just like, nope, I'm good. I don't need to watch this show anymore. Yeah. No, it was uh, Erica liked the humor. Yeah, we watched the trailer. We didn't watch the full episode, but she okay. was all in. All right. Yeah, my daughter's like, not I don't like. know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Moving yeah, puppets with silly jokes, I don't know. But that was right down our wheelhouse anyway. Yeah, that's Erica. good. That's the good. first episode was the high point of the week for me. Well, that's good. No, that's a great thing then. That's that's pretty uh, outstanding of a yeah. I'm invested to go through the next, you know, seven and a half episodes. Yeah, we'll be there in about, uh, we'll be there about uh, July. Trevor. Yeah, but maybe... Well, tomorrow and a half weeks. And half weeks. By tomorrow night. By tomorrow night. By tomorrow night. Of course you will. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah, like we said, over here in Canada, we get it parsed out episode by episode. Which I mean, it's the way Disney's running things. They they don't yeah. drop full series. I mean, it, they know that they can bring people in, but the fact that it's on Hulu in the states, it's it's yeah all at once, boys. But it is originally it is originally set to be a series for hulu as well though wasn't yeah. it yes yeah. yeah yeah it was part of that like we said a week or two ago that series of maybe coming out sort of thing so mm-hmm. all right um yeah i also like the fact that the daughter is also a moda as well yeah which is a brilliant a brilliant also, <laughs> a, just as evil as modok yeah exactly but as a teenager like just in a teenage world sort of thing, not world domination. She just wants to be like queen bee at, at yes. in high school. Yeah. Someone has a dress. Also, it's two shades. The, the, the son is having a bar mitzvah. Yes, which was which was kind of nice to see that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we know mom's not Jewish. I didn't know Modoc was Jewish, but it's Jewish. But doesn't the Oh, see, my understanding, ever since I discovered that I was half Jewish, I've been told I'm not truly, truly Jewish because my mother was not Jewish. Correct. Exactly. This is passed yeah. down by mother. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm Jewish by proxy, essentially. Yeah. Jewish by proxy. Okay. <laughs> you got to make All a right. t-shirt for that. Yeah. yeah. Jewish by Jewish proxy. By t- Merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Bumper sticker. Jewish by proxy. Yeah, there you go. Spy proxy. Put that on a little bit of a cozy or something like that. Cross t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. T-shirts, hats, whole nine yards. Condoms. Then I just say jet. <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> Indeed. Interesting subject to bring up. Um, anyways. What a segue! <laughs> <laughs> what a segue <laughs> all right so um i guess that's about it for our regular uh stuff do well, uh 
Well, there's the Bad Batch. Anyone catch there's, the Bad yeah, Batch? Yeah, I, well, I did catch the Bad Batch. Uh, Michael, are you following the Bad Batch? Or are you? Uh... I've only watched the first episode. Um, still interested to see more. Okay. I'd be happy to hear what you guys hear or oh, have to say it about it so far. So go for it. Okay, what about you, Gavin? You you saw it. I, saw, well, right? I, I yeah. just saw the last one just, just before we jo- I joined. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so uh, we're introduced to the uh, third episode. The uh, guys are still on the run. Fourth, um, is this the fourth episode? Boop a doop a doop a doop a doop. I thought it was only this is third. I think this is four. The latest episode um, we were introduced to. <laughs> I could have sworn. Okay, yeah, well, who's fastest? Who's faster on the. The search, Mike. Why don't you have this information at your fingertips? Yeah, come on, Mike. You should have this already. <laughs> oh, Mike, Mike's in just... the wilderness. <laughs> Ask a nearby deer. <laughs> They're well. The informed. deer said fourth. Yeah, the deer. <laughs> the said deer fourth. said fourth. Okay. Yeah, it is fourth. It is the fourth episode. <laughs> the yeah. deer was correct. <laughs> Turns out, deer are smart creatures. Um, there you go. All right, I'm. I'm. I'm going to go ahead and and say that. Um, I think I'm done with the Bad Batch. Really? Yeah. Um, first episode, you know, it was uh, basically it was a double episode, so it was 75 minutes long. Right. But it, it you know, it set up the story, set up the the unit, their the whole thing through Order 66. And so far, the last three episodes have been about two minutes of useful information and 25 to plus minutes of filler, like just filler. Like you know, they. You know, so so it was the second one. Um, we find out a little bit more about the sniper, but you know, the the, the main crew that we're following with, with little Mary Sue there is just running and running and running. And then the third episode, they inevitably get stuck on a planet with some sort of hostile creature that they have to whatever. And then it just, yeah, it's, it's very just, formulaic. It not not even formulaic. It's just like usually you'll have one or two episodes that are advancing the storyline in the logical motion. You'll have a filler episode to kind of slow things down so we get some other information and then we carry on. But we've had the start and then filler. I mean, the story really hasn't gone anywhere. There's, they have no destination in mind. They're still on the run. We know nothing but the girl. In fact, that didn't have a room for her on the ship and, and that was it. Until the you know, third episode, the, yeah. Well, I mean, now we know that she, bounty hunters are after her, but we don't know why. We've had, other than the the mystery perfect aim moment where she you know fought, fired a blaster and had absolutely 100% accuracy aim we know nothing about her and we're already four episodes in we only got what four more left Is no it, i thought this was like 16 episodes long wasn't it uh let's see i i thought it was like a like a full animated series no there's 16 episodes yeah 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 well if, if this is the case i mean it's it's taking them a damn long time to get there. Like it it just it just feels. I've seen a lot. I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I, I'm just I'm going to watch it. I, I I liken it to you know when you go to a, a you know generic restaurant and they, you order a hamburger and you're just wondering how much newspaper did they use as filler to make the patty as big as they did. Like that's this is what it's feeling like. They're giving us like a minute to two minutes per episode of actual story information or new character information and then 25 minutes of just who the fuck cares that's what i got from the first episode honestly um 
you know, about 20 minutes of it was amazing. And I about 20 minutes because it felt like filler. That whole, you know, um, what, what the where they're doing the battle drill with Tarkin. I was just like, I don't know what this yeah, is. Yeah, we know they're good. Get the middle half. I mean, seeing them in the Clone Wars, we we find out how good the Bad Batch really are. You know, those those that, that handful of episodes in the last season of Clone Wars, we 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 really get to see what the Bad Batch can do. But then it just feels like we're taking a, a giant step back, and it's like, all right, let's let's turn them into the A team fugitives on the run. But they're not even really helping anybody. They're barely helping themselves. Um, and maybe that's going to change. Maybe you know they'll find a place, and everything. They're going to take a nice hard shift, and they're going to meet up with other clones who haven't been through Order sixty six or or a Jedi or or something. But it just feels like you know, in terms of time, we're almost like two and a half hours in, and there's not really nothing meaningful happened. Like we've got this character Omega, which oh god, she just I don't know it. it, it I, th- I don't know is it the voice but there's something about her that just it's like fingernails on a chalkboard every in every scene you're like okay yeah you've been stuck on the the, the planet for how long you've told us every episode um but you know pick up a clue buy a clue rent a clue i mean the, the big dumb guy seems to be smarter than she is most of the time and I, think, I will object to how easily the big dumb guy got dropped uh, this uh, this past episode. Yeah, it, there's it's just I find there's a, a lot of inconsistency, specifically compared to the episodes of the Bad Batch in the Clone Wars. They are a far different unit. So, and we're not seeing that, you know. So that's that's why I'm like, you know, after I watched uh, what is it, Cornered. You know, when the credits rolled, I was like, I, I think I'm done with this because it's it's not holding me in terms of story. Um, we're not really advancing the characters in any way. It's just it's the same. If they're starting to feel like they went from dimensional characters to cardboard cutouts now. So um, Troy, what do you think about all that? Because you're like the biggest Star Wars fan and you know, most gung-ho out of the whole group of us. What do you think so far? Sorry about that blankness there, guys. I forgot I had my uh, mic. Uh, I had my mic. I just thought you were thinking. Muted. Yeah, no, I had my mic muted. Um, oh. So um, I'm going to say that when uh, the story, when the story came out, that this was going to be the next thing that was going to come out from um, from the animated series, the uh, anything animated, the fact that it was going to be a continuation of the Clone Wars in that style. Um, I was uh, a huge fan of the the Clone Wars from the beginning. Uh, I followed it through the eight or nine years that it took to air all seven seasons and all that. Uh, Fell in love with the the Bad Batch and that four story arc in the final season. And I was really excited to see this series. Um, I, I tried to avoid seeing any sort of thing that uh, led up to it just to give me uh, a new look on it. And I will have to admit that while I'm not done with the series, I'll have to agree with uh, what uh, Trevor says uh, as it's, it's been a very disappointing uh, get-go, but 
I also have the perception that at this time, I also knew that it was going to be 16 episodes and knew that they had to get along to something. Now, um, what I'm hoping is that from this point on, it's going to definitely pick up. We've established where everyone is, what everything is doing, what the Empire is doing, what um, uh, Crosshairs is doing, what the team is now on the ship by themselves. Omega is now settled in as part of the team. Um, and yes, it Wrecker was taken down way too easily, but it was Fennec Shan. So, I mean, come on. Fennec Shan is supposed to be this amazing character. Anyways, I must say, uh, having a character, the design of Fennec Shan as an animated character is, I believe, a fantastic feat because normally you basically create the animated character and then you have an actor step in when you're doing live action. But they reverse engineered this, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that this is a really fantastic model of um, Ming Na, who does the voice of Finnick Shan, who mm-hmm. originally did the character in uh, the Mandalorian season two, and I was blown away by the look of that character, sort of thing. But again, like you said, Trevor, it is I am very disappointed with how the actual series has gone to this point um but i'm i'm having more faith in the series that it is definitely going to pick up because i believe this is the episode that finally cements all of the different storylines like how the emperor is gonna how the empire is gonna handle things how the cloners or the caminos are going to handle things how um like um uh I said his name earlier, the sharpshooter guy. Mm-hmm. Crosshair. Crosshairs. Crosshairs is going to exist with his new, basically his own bad batch sort of thing. But and I, I how... feel all of that information could have been condensed to the second episode. I believe, I, and I, again, I agree with you there too. It definitely could have, we could have moved smoothly into this. Now, that being said, uh, I, I have a bad feeling about this but i'm pretty sure Uh-oh. that we're going to hit this sort of lull again and like like we'll probably have one or two good episodes in a row and then we're going to have another lull and then two or three episodes that spike really high and then another lull because i think the series would probably and again we're not we're nowhere near the end of this. We're not even halfway through this. So we don't know what the direction of this is going to go. We do know that these characters no, have not popped up anywhere past this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the only ones that we have are what we've seen in um, Rebels, uh, like which takes place just before A New Hope happens. So we do know that there is some time between the end of Bad Batch to getting to Rebels. So these characters do not exist in Rebels. Now, that doesn't mean they can't exist in Rebels. We just haven't come up with it. It's just the fact that they give us uh, Rex. Rex appears mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars and appears in Rebels and appears in, yes, that's right, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to say it's just, even knowing it's 16 episodes, you started out on the high note with the first episode. Actually, I'll do it the other hand. Um, start out with the high <laughs> note on the first episode. You expect that dip for two and start to three to plateau but by four you know that eight is going to be up here so by episode four they should be laying that groundwork you should start feeling that upward tick but this all i felt was you know you started here two three four 
and this is where I'm, I'm at the bottom and I'm like, do you know, is five going to be along that bottom before they start to tick up at six? And if that's the case, it, you know, do I want to invest that much time? And that's yeah. the, they should have, you know, in terms of a story arc, we should be, you know, by episode four, that arc should be starting to, to push upwards to get us to eight, to have that same excitement level that one had. And we, it wasn't there. Yep. It just really wasn't there. And if it was the fact that, you know, bounty hunters are after it, that's not a big enough of a, you know, of a story development to make him go, Ooh, now things are picking up. Yes. Yeah. I, and I, again, like I said, I agree with you there. I think the fact that they decided to give us, it would have been nicer if like in a previous episode, we had like a non-known bounty hunter, they run across some sort of other character that was hunting them so that they know that they're instead of all of a sudden given this known character, it's yeah. like all of a sudden, Hey, we're going to run into Bosk. And uh, Bosk is now hunting us sort of thing. Yeah. It's it's not the way it should have been handled. To throw that into the storyline with such a character, I think it should have been something that could have been built on in the previous episodes. And it would have been a little more... And then once we now hit a professional uh, yeah. bounty hunter, then the stakes have suddenly risen. Instead of, oh, who was this chasing us? Why is she after us sort of thing? I mean, and then, I got I could have, the thing is, we don't know who hired the bounty hunter, but I would have loved to have seen of a couple of, you know, right from Empire, a couple of different types of bounty hunters, and maybe her in the end, like a, on the end, they're saying, this is your, you know, this is the contract, Boop, there's the thing of a make. That would have been enough of a, you know, you do that at the end of episode three. Then we know that, you know, there are outside forces hunting her, but to just, you know, she, pops up out of nowhere and oh this is my this is where I'm hunting it's like uh, uh. and that was actually like, tying nicely to everything they established with the Mandalorian because Mandalorian you know you've been shown the way the bounty hunter system works exactly right exactly. so you could tie that in by doing the same thing like people but, are hyped for that but this just it's I don't know I, it just feels like yeah like they're they're like they've got you know, it's like they've got a couple of good storylines and they're like now we gotta, you know, it's like two cans with a string between, but they're letting the that string dip too far, and it's that's not capturing the sound. It's not capturing my interest. And yeah, to the end of this episode, I was just like, I don't know if I could. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to sit through episode five. I'm going to wait, maybe see, have some other people watch it and see what they say because, you know, that was thirty minutes that I could have been doing something else. I could have been watching an episode of Modoc. That's why I love this podcast. Much any of those, and now I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely not going to give up on the series, though, because I I know I Filoni's track record, like I said, Clone Wars, the seven seasons. I mean, they're they're hardly there are hits and misses for sure, especially in the <laughs> first season. Well, they I think with Clone Wars, they the first season and a half, maybe two seasons, they it almost felt like they weren't sure what direction it was going. Yeah. And then they found their stride. And then by the time they hit Rebels, they had a better idea of, all right, this guy has some ideas. Let's listen to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they just let him. And then, you know, Filoni right into with Favreau and some Mandalorian. They're like, at this point, they're like, we trust you. Um, but it just feels with this because, you know, Filoni was a co-writer on the first episode and is really an executive rooster. He hasn't directed anything, anything of yeah. these. And I think that's what's hurting them because it doesn't feel like his hands on the wheel with this. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, AOTD. Sorry? Army of the Dead. Um, well, like I said earlier, I uh, only got through the first hour of it because it's a two and a half hour Zack Snyder uh, zombie heist movie uh, that uh, has great potential. What I've seen looks really, really good. Uh, it's entertaining. It's very, um, I, I don't know how to put it. it. It seems very like the opening itself looked very low key, looked very like guerrilla filmmaking. Uh, then you have the opening sequence where you're introduced to all the characters and the opening montage looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Looks a little too much like a zombie land. Um, and then you go into the character work once the movie starts and you're reintroduced to all the characters and why they like what has happened afterwards and all that. So, I mean, uh, I'm very definitely intrigued. Uh, the fact that it takes us an hour into the movie to get the uh, cast in back into this, the uh, corned off uh, Las Vegas. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch the rest of it for sure. Um, I will say, I, I feel like the, the guy who edited uh, Dodie Dorn needs to get fired. There's no reason that this movie needs to be two and a half hours long. And honestly, it, there's this movie could have come out at like 90 minutes and still told the same story. Well, it just, it just, honestly, it just with, I mean, I went through this with, with Snyder's justice league scenes play on for far too long, you know, get in, say what you're trying to say with a scene cut, get to the next scene. There's scenes that just play on and on and on. And yeah, this movie, honestly, this movie could probably easily be edited to 90 minutes. Um, the editing is just so terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that, that opening sequence. I was sitting in front of the TV and I had to pause just as they, they started the, you know, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the credit scene or the, the title scene. And I had to pause there and I'm like, I gotta get back. I don't care what, whatever it was. I gotta get back here now. Like, um, and then, I watched the rest of it and luckily Harrison was, was asleep for, for a good portion of it, but it was just, I'm sitting there and I'm like, is this scene still going? Oh my God, is the scene still going? And then they do unnecessary character development that you're like, this has no bearing on the story. It really has no bearing influencing whether I like this character or not. It just feels like it's a, again, it's a time filler. And it just feels like, you know, Snyder, because he's one of the producers and did the screenplay and directed it, was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, this is my chance to, to do my success, my successor of Dawn of the Dead, which he, Dawn of the Dead, I loved as a movie. There was a couple of plot holes, but. Dawn, a, yeah, no, I'll agree with you there. Great movie. Dawn of the Dead was a fantastic, especially scene. It is a remake. Um, it's more of a tribute than yeah. a remake and, of the original. I mean, when I, when I heard that he was doing basically a, a heist film and, and during the, you know, during the zombie apocalypse, I was like, oh, hell yes. Yes. I take, shut up and take my money. This sounds like a great idea. Now that I've seen the movie, I'm kind of like, mm, I kind of want that money back. 
um yeah it's that's that's the problem i had with, as I, I got to the end and i'm like really that needed to be two and a half hours long really now is that your is that your only problem with it that it was oh, too oh long? no there's there's quite a few story issues um okay. now they they had to replace one of the actors um kind of like a last minute sort of thing uh christiella um you know, he got hit with several sexual misconduct uh, accusations. And so they pulled him out like in, in August of 2020. They, you know, they already shot all the scenes. So they had to go back, hired a new actress to replace him, shoot all the scenes again, and then digitally insert the, the actor over top of him sort of thing in some of the scenes where there's crowd really? shots. Yeah. Um, but... I You're mean, talking like like a Christopher Plummer over top of Kevin Spacey, sort yes, of thing, right? Yes, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, but it's just again, it, it feels like there's in some ways, like when they 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 set up the heist, there's like well, we have a couple of extra characters here, um, and then they're like, well, let's develop these characters. We're like we don't need to. We that's not necessary. So that that was some of the issues, and then yeah, there's a couple of, of just raging plot holes that they just keep harping on, um, and yeah, there's. I mean, I could spoil with a bunch of these plot holes, but I, I, for people who want to see the movie, I'll I'll I won't I won't go that far, but yeah, that's why I'm saying Modoc has been the high point uh, of of things to watch this week. Okay. Okay. I you gotta admit though that uh friggin zombie tiger. Oh yeah, Valentine. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, that's oh, was, and the fact that they name drop it too. Yeah, well, they they even say that it's it's yeah. Siegfried and Roy's Siegfried and Roy's yeah, one of their tigers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's there's a lot of really cool concepts. There's some that are a little too much of like a twelve year old going, wouldn't it be cool? If, and somehow got into the film. I see. I see. Um, I think it that's, seemed, that sounds like a Zack Snyder thing to do, too. Yeah, that was, a, uh, I think it's 100% Snyder's behind a couple of those. Of the, Wouldn't it be cool if, and you're like, eh, but yeah, but when you turn 13, then you're like, no, that's not cool. So on that note, I guess we're going to move on to our uh, final, uh, our final part of the show, and that's our box office showdown. Let's do it. All right. Round four, fights. So this uh, week's uh, box office showdown is going to be the uh, 2015. Oh, so to explain, the box office showdown is where we go to uh, box office uh, mojos, uh, box office receipts uh, listings, where it gives oh, us jo, the... jo, jo. That's for Adrian. <laughs> that's for Adrian. Oh, that's so sweet. Adrian. Yes, Michael gave you a Mojo Jojo just for you. Mojo Jojo. Oh, now Gavin just gave one. Go for it, Trevor. Mojo Jojo. Mojo Jojo. There you go. All right, we got four Mojo Jojos. Actually, we got a fifth in there. Adrian, give us a Mojo Jojo. Give us a Mojo Jojo. All right, All right, then. That was that was that was good enough. So what we do is we go to uh, Mojo Jojo's. No, we don't. We go to the lifetime <laughs> gross of uh, our films on boxofficemojo.com, 
where they list all the movies which have been uh, calculated for inflation. So they are now current with everyone at the same playing field. So this week we have the uh, number fourth position and that is 2015's Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, uh, it is actually the fourth position in our bracket system, but on the actual list of top 100 is actually in the 11th position. So like I said, that is 2015's Age of Ultron. And the money that it brought in was $1,402,809,540. So that is going to go up against the uh, 12th place in our bracket, which is actually number 48 on the top 100 list. And that is 2008's The Dark Knight which pulled in a total of, now here we go, from this point on, everything is at the billion dollar mark. And this is $1,005,973,645. So that's what we are here to do. We are now going to basically break down, discuss, and figure out between the two movies, which one is the better overall. So we might as well start off with the uh, number four position, and we are going to be talking about uh, 2015's Age of Ultron, which uh, is directed by Josh Wheaton, written by Josh Wheaton, and stars uh, all the uh, pretty much all the Avengers, including a couple of new characters, which we are now introduced to with um, the uh, act, uh, the characters of both uh, Quicksilver and. The Scarlet Witch, which actually isn't actually given the Scarlet Witch. They both go by the Romanoff names, but we all know who they actually are to begin with. And we're actually given the uh, the head bad guy of Ultron, voiced beautifully by um, the Kevin Spader. James Spader. Yes. James Spader, yes. Yes, James Spader, yes. Um, so um, what do we got here? Uh, so let's go to the uh, quick synopsis of what the actual... Uh, movie synopsis is called Ooh, hello i'm just gonna i don't know why this page just messed up on me i'm not looking at the avengers age of ultron anymore let's see here what is wrong with my page what's going on here do, 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 do. talk about yourself there guys okay here we go okay here according to imdb this is the synopsis of the movie when Tony Stark and Bruce Banner try to jumpstart a dormant peacekeeping program called Ultron, things go horribly wrong. And it's up to Earth's mightiest heroes to stop the villainous Ultron from eradicating, no, from inciting his terrible plan. So what do you guys think? That's pretty close, isn't it? Yeah. Meh. <laughs> okay, so what do we think about... Uh, well, Josh Whedon's second attempt, and again, we already had this discussion with our thoughts and feelings about Josh Whedon in the previous time we brought up the Avengers, but uh, what do we got about this particular movie? It's the first real outing of the Avengers. I'll say the same thing I did. Like, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I did. Late. No. Yep, there we go. Okay, so this is going to be a spirited uh, conversation. So yes, as again, as pointed out from last week's little, uh, basically uh, special, like a little advanced preview of this week's, yes. Um, I believe that once it was pointed out, I, I didn't even think of it until you had actually pointed it out last week, Mike, that yes, this is definitely 
the only full Avengers movie. It is the one where they are a team. They start off as a team. They are working together as a team. They go through this whole entire thing as a team. Right. It's um, from start to finish. From start to finish, they are off a- the right of the gate. They're on a mission, taking on Hydra. Uh, the party afterwards, they play around with Thor's hammer. You know, yep. they go into hiding, hang out at Hawkeye's. You know, it's like back in the door, hang out on Trevor. All right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, it is. Um, and. Like it was pointed out, the first Avengers movie, they are still trying to figure out how to work as a team. Um, Civil War, they are broken up. Um, Any of the other movies where the Avengers have come together, it's difficult for them to work as a team. And this is is them at the best that they can be, that they are. I mean, this is the, the one that is, which makes the Avengers the Avengers. This is the movie. Um, now, what are your guys' thought of the actual movie as part of the series? I can say very, uh, with, with absolute authority that nobody can write uh, monologues quite like uh, uh, Josh Whedon and James, Sp- uh, James Bader had uh, like incredible, incredible monologues as Ultron. Like it was chilling to hear him talk and watching this this lethal killing machine just 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 colloquially like having a conversation with someone it was, i agree with that it was amazing I yeah i know scene where he chops off um i can't remember his name now uh claw claw's arm and he says ooh, ooh sh- that, that'll grow back right that was just a great like it's like it's like homer with his with his arm up the uh, of the vending machine and home we're gonna have to chop your arms off they're gonna go back right uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes like, oh ooh, shh, shh. like he's trying to calm him down like trying to pass by like a toddler oh well, sorry about that <laughs> sorry it'll grow back right <laughs> yeah I, i'm pretty sure we can we can definitely all agree that yes james spader is the perfect choice for that role his delivery is the menace was just it's on. It's the reason it's he's the reason why I've been watching the blacklist for the past five or six years or it however long the series has been on. Yeah. His, his delivery, his monologues, his, yeah, he's just fantastic. And the fact that I wasn't sure what to make when he was first cast, it's like, really Jim Spader's all front. Like I wasn't too sure. All right. No, we weren't too sure there, Mike. We definitely weren't too sure. I think we lost Mike. Did we lose Mike? I think Mike's gone. Okay, let's continue on. Hi there, Mike. You're back. I think I lost connection. (laughs) I was just saying, yeah, when the... uh... That first trailer, where is the whole song that I got no strings to hold me yep. down? Yeah, yeah. That's where I was told. Yeah. As soon as that happened, it's like, okay, he can knock Ultron out of the park. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that, um, again, it's a completely computer generated character. There is an actor in placement of it. It's not James Spader. He did not put on the 
dotted suit like uh, like Mark Ruffalo does when he does his uh, Hulk. But um, his he definitely I, I believe he actually was on set delivering lines for the sequence. If I remember my behind the scenes stuff that I saw. Um, but uh, yeah, the the creation of Ultron because I'm sure like you guys as well as me from the comic book you knew what Ultron looked like. He, right. he did put on the costume. Sorry, what was that? He did put on the costume. There was a costume for it. Uh, yeah. Um, no, there is not. There is not a picture of James Spader in an Ultron costume. You are screen share. No, no, he's in. They captured him. He's in a cap. He's in a cap. He's in a, cap. He's in a mocap suit. They took his. I have not seen this. There's a whole uh, featurette. Okay, I know that. Him, you know, because they wanted his his motions and mannerisms. I did know. I did know that they did the. I did know that they did the face, but I didn't realize that they did a whole entire mocap as well. Oh, that's so fantastic! Yeah. Oh, that is so great. I will admit this is the probably the Avengers movie that I go back to the least. Um. Yeah. So there it is. All right. That is fantastic to know that. All right. Cool. And then again, yes, because they can always just re-alter where all the positions are. That's the one where we lose Jarvis, but we gain vision. Yeah, that is the one where we lose Jarvis, but gain vision and gain uh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, we gain Friday, right? And it's a nice little thing is when he's going through all the different AIs, he skips over Jocasta. Yeah. From the uh, yeah from yeah yeah. Um, so I only have two problems with this movie. Okay, what is that? Okay. Quicksilver dies. Yeah, I wanted him to be a part of the team in the next movie. I I thought that was Joss Whedon has a thing he likes to do where he likes to raise the stakes by randomly killing characters. Like we went through this with Serenity, where he just like you know randomly starts picking off characters. Yeah, it doesn't really advance the story, but I guess it makes it edgy, and you're supposed to feel more for it. Yeah, but I didn't. It's like no, I want him in a movie as part of the team. So that kind of ticked me off because I didn't think it was necessary. Second thing is Ultron's animated lips. I did not like that. Yeah. The I... first iteration of Ultron where he just looks like a skull, like the Stark robot. With the non-moving the mouth face. with the, yeah, with a little red line that was. Yeah. Indicated. I thought that was yeah. perfect. And then afterwards when he gets animated lips, it's like that popped me out. Yeah. But I think those are the only two problems I had with the whole movie. Everything else, it's. I, it holds I up for me. I didn't appreciate the death of Strucker. Um, mm. I, I mean, again, it's the whole. Yeah, we did talk about that. I Strucker had much more to contribute. Um, yeah, I just, I honestly think Shield probably, you know, when Shield got a hold of him. They were going to pull like a, a Zola on him, you know, stick him in a, a think tank, pull all the ideas out of his head, and then you know figure out what to do with them, but not just, oh, and then Ultron kills them and, and writes in blood on them. It, it, it just kind of stopped killing off name brand characters. Yeah, no, they. I agree with you. Though. They could have right. kept him in their back pocket, kept him put aside, and then pop him up somewhere along the line or something like that. But you, yeah, no, it was it was a useless, it was a useless death. There was no reason for that character to go out that way. 
Um, and going towards uh, Civil War, that's one where I did think they would start killing off characters. Mm-hmm. But the Russo brothers didn't. Like, I was sure that War Machine was going down. You know, there's a whole bunch of things where it's like, oh, these guys are so dead. But they didn't. And that actually makes the story stronger in some cases. Yeah. You know, because they have to live through whatever they've, you know, been subjected to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I guess, again, it was it was definitely an entertaining movie. I, I love the hell of it seen in the theater. It was it was fantastic. Um, I Captain think... America splitting with his bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> and language. Yeah, that was, that was great, good. too. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I particularly like Tony Stark when he's like, uh, please be secret passage. Please be secret passage. Yay, secret passage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was yeah. just, it was just uh, Robert Downey Jr. just really, really settling into the the, the Tony Stark character. Like, right. It's having fun with it. Exactly, exactly. Like, I, I, I refuse to believe that half of his lines were, were anything but ad libbed. You're probably right. Oh, and funny, funny thing is, every time you saw him snacking on something, apparently it was never, it was never actually in the movie. He just hid food all around the uh, the set, so I just like reach in. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, I'll agree with it there, Mike. I mean, I think uh, killing off uh, Quicksilver um, is probably would have been uh, better. Oops, uh, would have been uh, better served doing it a different way. I mean, it definitely. I mean. I understand why Josh Whedon did because Josh Whedon likes to do that sort of thing. He, that was definitely, like you said, like for Firefly, that was his wash moment to taking out a beloved character that you just introduced in this movie. Well, I guess technically you introduced them in the previous movie in the, in in a film. Yeah. Yeah. You introduce these characters and then boom, gone. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm surprised he didn't do that for toy story. Cause he was a script doctor on that. Just take out Woody, <laughs> take out Buzz. Oh. <laughs> just massacre them. Well, no, the that... Pro- Go on. I think the problem that I had the most with the way Quicksilver died was how the fuck did, did a speedster get shot? Exactly. More yeah. than once. Yeah, and More than once. it's not like he grabbed the kid and then turned around and put his back to the bullets. You think he just would have like, grabbed the kid and, got, and the bullets would have just danced away, sort of like... like that was the part I was like, how did he get shot? Yeah, the Fox Quicksilver wouldn't have done that. He would have yeah. had a smoothie, you know, knocked the bullets out of the way. the bullets then, out of the way. <laughs> I guess that's that why is... he's in one division. Huh. Yeah, so that was, for me, that was one of the most, I was like, huh? He, but he's really, uh, how did he get shot again? Yep. I did like the whole um, when Claw met with the, the the brother and sister, and he does the whole, you, I know if you're messing with my mind, if I see cuttlefish, it's just such a random thing of you know that it, unless he sees giant cuttlefish, then he knows that uh, they're not affecting his mind or trying to make him see what he fears most. I'm I'm lost. What was this? When Claw first meets up with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. 
And he, he goes on about how he knows they can't mess with his mind. Oh, sorry, yes, yes, like, yes. What he fears most is cuttlefish. Right, yes, yes. Sorry, I, I completely forgot about it. Andy Circus. Andy Circus, uh, I think, does a fantastic claw. He is much better served in um, uh, Black Panther. He is definitely a more, he's not, huh. Andy Circus in this movie is a bit of a very, cartoonish sort of caricature of the claw character yes right um whereas he's able to be a little zanier in um the upcoming um well, he's got his arm cut off that yeah that exactly was, that was the serious arm yeah that was a serious <laughs> arm so he, he had a serious arm amputation yeah he yeah. had the serious <laughs> arm taken off and after that he's just got to be zany right although i did like the, the he does the throwaway line of talking about i sent you the missiles and if you know you call him again, the next missile he sends will be coming much, much faster. Right. Yes. Yes. It's a nice little throwaway line of like, just don't, don't. This is not a guy you want to antagonize. Right. Because whatever he sold you, he still has more. All right. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? And then we have what's the other one again? The Dark Knight. Uh, yeah. So the other movie we're going up against is the uh, the Dark Knight, which is the second in the trilogy by. Uh, by uh, Jonathan, uh, by uh, Christopher Nolan, Nolan. Um, and it is uh, starring the Tour de Force cast of Christian uh, Bale, Heath Ledger, uh, Aaron Eckhart, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman. Uh, we got uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal in it as well. And um, out of the trilogy, it is uh, pretty much. Um, I, I believe seen as the uh, it's the, the strongest of the, the three. strongest of the three yes so according to IMDb the synopsis is when the menace known as the Joker wreaks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham Batman must accept one of the greatest physiological and psychological tests of his ability to fight injustice which I guess is pretty close to what it actually needs to be um, so, like, also what I said is uh, this uh, basically pulled in uh, just uh, 400 million less than the uh, Age of Ultron, uh, and, but it was 2008, which was a uh, pretty uh, spectacular time for a movie like this to be out because there wasn't a lot still on the uh, market, and it was a DC um, series that was very well well accepted by the uh, viewing audience because it was different than anything we'd ever seen, especially from the Batman. Uh, these characters do not have any superpowers. We are not in a superpower universe. We are in a normal people with basically their wits and psychosis and uh, gadgets. Their gadgets, exactly, to help them along. As sci-fi as it gets, it's the gadgets that do it. So um, what did you guys think? I love this film. Um, mainly because of a the performance of Ledger. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think all the Jokers I've seen, you know, starting from way back when to now, his was the basically the scariest damn Joker. Definitely, it was. He, I mean, it was a character that I mean he played it as you know, a true agent of chaos. This is someone who you really didn't know 
from moment to moment which way he was going to go or if he was just going to take a whole new direction that you weren't even a, a, anticipating. Um, I remember sitting in the theater when he did the pencil trick and like the entire audience was kind of like recoiling. <gasps> like you just saw a pencil go into a man's skull. Um, and ta-da! And he says the ta-da! And it was just like, oh God, this, not only is he off his rocker, but he is incredibly lethal at the same time. Um, and I mean, there's, I know, you know, much later on reading about all the different ad libs, like, you know, trying to get the, the, the remote to work. And that's actually him hitting Man, it. That was classic. And we went off into him, the reaction and he stayed in character. And he did that so beautifully. And then, I mean, the other people like uh, Eckert as, as Two-Face, when he gets that side of his face taken out, which was pretty disgusting looking, but he's, you, you felt the raw emotion. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was a very powerful film based off the performances, honestly, of not Christian Bale. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. This is, this is a, uh, uh, this is a, um, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Batman, where Jack Nicholson gets the top billing because, yeah. well, first of all, it's Jack Nicholson, but Jack Nicholson is the Batman, is Batman movie. Um, yeah, this yeah. is this is definitely Heath Ledger and Aaron Eckhart's movie. Christian Bale just happens to be along for the ride. And, and, and I will say, from you know, from Batman Begins, and even through all the way through the end, Christian Bale trying to do the the Batman voice every time he did it, I just internally I'm laughing. Yeah, I, I, I can't see anyone. Being that was going to be one of the big things I say as far as the negative. Like yeah. I got a couple of things with this movie. The voice is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Because like I just don't buy that. I don't buy that. It's Batman. <laughs> Batman. You know, like <laughs> give me the animated series Batman voice so any day over that. And yeah. the other thing, a big problem with that one is that I cannot take my kids to see that movie. Like for a superhero movie, I want it to be family friendly. I want it like the reason that wouldn't beat the Avengers box office. Is because people can't take all their kids to it. Yeah, no, like, that is definitely. Honestly, it's a much limited audience. They are, yeah, the lim- yeah, is definitely yes. It is definitely overly violent. It is extremely violent in comparison to like, like we said, Age of Ultron, especially like just comparing these two movies right. together. They are on two different levels of movies. One is a family friendly, uh, box office like, darling, and the other one, while it is a, a movie movie, it's a theatrical dramatic movie that happens to deal with a quote not even like a a really comic book because it's still based as much in reality as you can get in reality but it's it's just it's violence that it's violence and it's it's subject matter just unfortunately sets it above the point where again a general audience can't go see it you have to be an older audience to see it. Yeah, like, yep. yeah, I actually think it's a terrible superhero movie. Well, things, I, think I think it's a great action movie. It's like a great Bourne identity, a great James Bond, a great action hero kind of movie, but absolutely horrible as a superhero movie. Even uh, I, I, I can see where Mike's coming from with this. I, I, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely agree with you, Mike, on that. Uh, like, this is like between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight feels more in line with a Batman movie 
but as you said, it still feels like kind of a, you know, like a born slash bond slash whatever. But yes. like with Batman Begins, if you strip away any of the bat motif stuff, it's a generic action movie. Yep. Like ever any 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 part of the Batman is removed from the Batman Begins, it's suddenly a, it's just your generic born identity type clone. This one at least felt Yeah, it would still like be a great Batman movie. movie. Oh, yes. But I think this movie wouldn't work as well if they had you know made it more of a pg movie so you could bring the kids to the movie would not have been an effect as effective you don't think so i think they could i i don't think i I think they would have had to really pull back on a lot of the menace that that ledger had like you wouldn't be able to do the pencil scene you would there's a lot of scenes you wouldn't be able to do because you know to get that pg rating you can't do stuff like that and you take some of that stuff away and then you know, yeah, he's crazy, but you don't have that lethality. Of, right. Of, of, and that's what made the Joker so, you know, so dangerous as an audience member is that sudden plunge into just such a lethal response. But as a PG movie, he wouldn't have that, 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 that go, you know, be able to go to there. That's why I, I like, think they could, like, if you took Mark Hamill Joker and did that live action, but I the thing bet is the, you could get it pretty menacing. Thing is, the I mean, even Mark Hamill's Joker when they did Mask of the Phantasm, they couldn't release it as a as a G movie um, because they had blood, they had like, the tooth being knocked out. To, to add that extra level of menace, they had to push the boundaries and, and kind of narrow the audience. And I think with this, they were like, we want to, you know, to make the Joker that much more dangerous, we got to narrow that audience again. Yeah, I don't think this movie would work as a as a PG movie. It just it wouldn't have been as good. And also, if it had been a PG movie, um, there's no way that Two Face would look like Two Face. Yeah, that not is... like that one. No, it, 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 yeah, it would have looked like the Tommy Lee Jones Two Face. It would have been totally Tommy Lee Jones, and I would have totally been out of that theater. Well, no, I wouldn't have been out of the theater. I'm just going to hold up this file folder, and that'll protect half my face. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, when they brought Two Face into it, I remember sitting in the theater. It's like, what are they going to make this look like? Yeah. And then you see the reveal. It's like, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah no, that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the, the things that they the, there you go. The things that they did for this movie, um, the way they introduced Joker in that opening sequence with the bank robbery. Yeah. Was buses. Oh, was it just? I mean, it shows what the Joker is. It shows how he act, how he acts, why he doesn't have henchmen in this like it's so fantastic um when they again, didn't have an origin which i thought was amazing the fact that yes. there was no and the origin for the joker in fact exactly. there was like three stories yes yeah that yeah. was brilliant yeah yeah definitely. did i ever tell you how i got these scars yeah exactly and the, the, when he i know in the scene where he's he you know busts into the the socialite party um Maggie, I was reading Maggie Gyllenhaal did not know, like she had lines, and like Michael Caine had a slew of lines he was supposed to say, but Ledger's performance, he just he forgot everything he was supposed to say. He was just standing there awestruck, and they like cut, and they're like, you know, Mr. Caine, you have some lines, and he's like, oh shit, I did, never got him out because he was just in awe of the performance. Nice. And to me, that's that shows you just how strong of that performance it was. That you have an actor of of Michael Caine's range and and experience, and he's left dumbstruck. 
by another actor's performance on set. Yeah, um, and again, um, we we now know of the dark stuff that Heath Ledger was going through at the time as well, doing this role, which is uh, another added dimension to something that you probably don't know at the time of seeing the movie originally. It's only something you know afterwards. So upon repeat viewing, you see even more depth into this character, into this performance that uh, is unmatched. And again, like we said, I mean, Christian Bale is not really needed in this movie very much. Yeah, he is, yeah. You don't see very much Batman in it. Uh, the Batman you do see, it's him on his second attempt to do the Batman growly voice, which at times gets so grating to hear. I mean... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean... <laughs> The solution that they came with, I can't believe that someone didn't come with it sooner, is the voice modulator that Zack Snyder gives Ben Affleck is, why hasn't anyone done this before? Why? I mean, yeah. I mean, Michael Keaton really didn't change his voice very much. There was not yeah. much. No, no. Um, but, but he uh, did a great job because he, I mean, he, he was Mr. Mom and then he turns into Batman. Exactly. No, he, his portrait, his he does a physical thing. He does it well. First of all, the suit also that Michael Keaton had to wear and didn't allow him to move very much either. Um, but he had a very, yes, not being able to turn his head. Yes, let's all do it. Um, <laughs> that was really good, Mike. That was a good impression. I, was, I really liked that. That was good. That was way better than I did. Yeah. Um, no, that was the second one, Trevor. That was that was the tearing off the, yes, the, the rubber mask to. The turtleneck. The turtleneck, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just and in the first in the first um, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, uh, uh, Bruce having to go through these different steps of how to create the different parts of the suit to make it more agile, make it more movable. I like how they dealt with that and all that. But again, this movie is there. There's there's. Christian Bale is lost in every single scene that he's in because if he's in a scene with Aaron Eckhart, if he's in a scene with uh, with with Heath Ledger, um, even his Lucius Fox scenes and his Michael Caine scenes, I mean, he was outacted. He was he was definitely he was he was outacted, and that's not to say that Christian Bale can't act, but oh, he definitely I, can. He definitely he definitely can. Sorry if I said it wrong. No, he definitely can act. It's not that he can't act. Sorry. He, it's not that he can't act. Uh, he's just, he is out. He is outgunned in this. Easily. Yeah, he is definitely yeah. overshadowed in this movie. So, um, but uh, yeah, again, out of the series, this is my favorite. Um, and it's not only just because I am a huge Joker fan. I, this, Heath Ledger's performance was spectacular. It was so different than anything we'd ever seen before and but the rest of it was so beautifully done and again the fact that this movie is so centered into a realistic world it made it feel plausible that everything can happen here's I, a question for you troy because yes. i know you do the joker cosplay and all that yes. kind of stuff okay top joker in film or animation of all time who is it Oh, it's it's the first one that I actually did, and that's the Mark Hamill. There's no doubt that the animated, the, the Batman the animated series Joker is the one that 
uh, my very first incarnation that I did of the Joker was that. It's, uh, I believe there's a picture of uh, Trevor being dressed as an unemployed guy. We had uh, Tour dressed up as a uh, Frankenstein monster. Adrian was done up in her uh, Chinese... Uh, I was Tintin. She was Tintin. <laughs> um, but yes, I had I did the, the slick back with the widow's peak, white with the rectangular mm-hmm. makeup as the Joker. Um, now, what I, makes that the best Joker for you? Um, I like it because of the personality. I mean... Mm-hmm. Look, um, with uh, Batman 66, with, uh, with the Joker from that is a great character. Um, Cesar Romero, uh, a veteran classically trained character doing this goofiness and all that. I would love to do a Cesar Romero as well. Um, okay. Cesar Romero, you actually have to, he only has one costume. You can't do something and pretend you're Cesar Romero. You have right. to do the white makeup. You have to have the fake mustache on underneath the white makeup. <laughs> you have to have the hair slightly spray painted down and with a little bit of a quaff to it and all that. You have to, <laughs> you have to have that sort of thing. Um, but with the with Mark Hamill's Joker, it has so many layers. It has so many, he can be the prankster. He can be the 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 heavy. He can be the the friend. He can be the lover. He can be the the boogeyman. Um, yeah. And when I do that sort of Joker, I can do that all the time. Like when I go to conventions, I can. One of my favorite things to do is when I have a group of people, we're all dressed up in the different rogues gallery costumes, and when people have their picture taken, like when they take our picture right as the group. I usually volunteer like, no, here now, give me your camera and I'll take a picture of you with the group. And they're all like, oh, okay, cool. And then usually <laughs> I end up taking the picture and then take off running with their camera, right? I just run down the aisle and whatnot. Right. And one of my other buddies is like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. He's like collected like seven or eight phones. If we get like your contact um, information, we'll like try and get back to you as soon as possible. And that's when I that's like great. circle around and come back and all that. So you can play up that character. And that's yep. the other thing that the Joker allows me as a cosplayer to do is to do that sort of thing i love it when a little kid is wearing a batman costume and i'm doing my joke i just love the hell out of that sort of thing um that's one but, of my favorite thing with the mark hamill one again because it is kid friendly even though he's a complete psychopath he, exactly. and completely dangerous yep but it's like yeah you can play with kids with you that can, you like can, you can sure. have fun with it yeah um i've also done the uh the batman. try doing that as heath ledger <laughs> you cannot you cannot do that that is a yeah, no yeah. you i mean you can but then you're not doing heath ledger you're not right. doing you're, heath ledger. the you police will be, be after you exactly you have to be a if you're going to again if you're cosplaying as the heath ledger you right. have to be that brooding you and have taking to be kids that, cameras yeah you have to be that scary i will stab yeah. you in a second sort of thing right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah pop kids balloons <laughs> no that would pop be kids. that would be mark hamill Mark Hamill. Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> he pledged to be popping kids' heads. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. He pledged to be popping the kids. This, the way that he did a Joker in this movie, to me, is very similar. In, in, in my mind, it's like the, the original Spider Man trilogy. The second movie is the strongest of the three because the strength of the villain. Yeah. The mm-hmm. hero becomes almost like a, an extra 
It's the yeah. villain's portrayal makes the movie. Yes, and for sure. I felt the same way about the Dark Knight. It was like, it was like Doc Ock all over again. You know, he steals the show. He steals the movie away yep. from the hero. Because I think with if you know if Ledger had played it more like Jack Nicholson or, or even Cesar Romero, he wouldn't have been stealing the scenes as much, and it wouldn't have been as enjoyable as a film. Oh, and to put a marker on that, yes, I do want to do Jack Nicholson's Joker at some time. I don't know which one to do, but I do want to do that. Again, that's one that's a lot of prosthetics, and to be able yeah. to get that smile proper. Yeah. I now, I, I'm going to say a quick side note. The uh, Arkham Asylum game uh, that came out a little mm. bit where they had you know Conroy is doing the voice of Batman, and they had Mark Hamill yeah. as the voice of the Joker. Yes. That was a chilling Joker, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, that's a Joker who who realizes he's dying, so he has nothing to lose because yeah. he's dying anyway. But then when the, you could play the the DLC that allows you to play as Joker, and there was a ton more of Hamill lines through that. Oh, it was fantastic! It was amazing. Yeah, and it was basically that's you you could you could almost sense that was Hamill like, all right, I'm not restricted by being on television. And having to be PG, I can say what I want, yeah. and they were ha- and, and you could tell the people making the game were more than happy to let them have that freedom. I will and say, it- uh, as as a as, as a fun little fact, uh, the DC uh, Lego Supervillains game that you get on uh, Xbox One and uh, PlayStation Four, uh, Mark Hamill is the voice for the Joker in it. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I did that. I did. I did I- not realize that. I'm, I'm, st- I'm just in the kitchen. Uh, Amanda's sitting there playing uh, Le- Lego DC, uh, DC villains. And I'm also going to hear a familiar, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the Mark Hamill joker. Right, right, right. And I'm like, is that Mark Hamill? <laughs> and and uh, this was fr- fresh, uh, uh, relatively uh, fresh off the heels of hearing that Mark Hamill wasn't going to do the Joker voice anymore. Of course, we keep hearing that. And suddenly yeah. he's back in doing it again. Yeah. But I just thought that was just that was so neat. They got they were Mark Hamill doing the voice again. It just seems he can't get away from it. Oh, I mean, him reading Trump's tweets in the Joker voice was oh, that was amazing. brilliant. And then him reading lines from this movie in his version of a Joker's voice that those were chilling. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm also gonna put this out there that Mark Hamill has been basically in my life as a known person for since I was like six seeing Star Wars. I mean, Mark Hamill, uh, he was everywhere at the beginning. He was an integral part of me growing up. So anything that had Mark Hamill in it, I was like, yeah, I like this guy. I mean, on top of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, there was other stuff. I mean, he even like, he also got involved with Muppets, which is another big thing in my life and all that. So when I found out about other things that he'd been in. I'm like, oh yeah, the, the Giver and all these other movies that he had done and all that. And then voice acting when that was it. I mean, Mark Hamill just is my Joker. I mean, there's, there's, it, I mean, and again, it's not all because a bunch of his Jokers completely different they look completely different all the different incarnations that the animated series went through and all the other supplemental stuff that mark hamill supplies his voice for 
has completely changed the character, but he's always been the same character, which is kind of cool, which is, mm -hmm. but, and that is a tribute to Mark Hamill, like all the other great Jokers. Like Jack Nicholson did a great Joker for what he had. I mean, for 1989 box office, no one had ever seen anything like this. Tim Burton, it was a fantastic, crazy, off his rocker character, which is- I would say that's my second favorite. Yeah, Jack which, Nicholson would be my second favorite, but I'm with you, Mark Hamill is number one. Yeah. Um, Heath Ledger, I love his performance. But again, it's getting into born identity kind of territory, you know, where he's amazing in the movie, yeah. awesome psychopathic villain. But is that the Joker? Like, it's, I mean, it's great. No, but yeah, I put I think, him at number three for me on my list. And I think it's because his character is stuck in a Christopher Nolan movie is why exactly. it feels the way it does. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could take jack nicholson's joker out of that and put him into his own movie and that would be that sort of thing and that's why keith ledger i think if you were to take that character out and expand on that character that becomes more a halloween movie or a freddy krueger movie exactly. or exactly you know, like, would that's what you would end up with you would end up with yeah. a horror film you well when i like you know the, the movie the joker with uh joaquin phoenix i always thought in the back of my mind if they had had managed to get um, you know, Ledger's Joker, Heath Ledger playing that Joker, that movie would have been terrifying. That, mm -hmm. And again, that movie would have been great. So, yeah. All right. So as we come down to this, we've uh, basically discussed more about the Joker than the actual movies themselves. Between the two, what are you guys going to say? Which is the better movie? Is it the 2015 uh, The Avengers Age of Ultron or is it going to be 2008's The Dark Knight? I'm going to have to say Age of Ultron. Really, just straight out. Age of Ultron. No no hesitation. No, really. I, I like The Dark Knight, but yeah. Age of Ultron, to me, I think, was, sort of cemented that the, 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 the reality that superhero movies can work as an ensemble as well as like individual character movies uh the the dark knight I, again i liked it like it it, it, it was it was it was a great movie but it just didn't it just didn't invoke that uh that superhero feel for me whereas age of ultron like i was a kid like sitting there reading a comic book it was it was it was great to me I'm going to follow up after Gav because I have the same thing to say, Age of Ultron, for me. Exactly the same reasons. Like, I think The Dark Knight was a great movie. But if I think about all the individual moments in the movie, I have to say Age of Ultron. Like, Cap trying to pick up the hammer and he moves it and Thor kind of gets a that nervous shot look. Of, that shot of Thor's face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's like, he could have picked that up right there. Like, you know... The splitting wood with the bare hands, the like bringing vision into the ensemble, like that was one character I didn't think they would be able to pull off, and somehow they did. You know, if it wasn't for the animated lips on Ultron, <laughs> I'd give it a ten out of ten. Um, Only a nine point eight. <laughs> yeah. So Minus you know, Dark two. Knight. Yeah, Dark Knight again, great movie, but because I can't show it to my kids. It doesn't have the same rewatch value for me. 
so I have to give it to Age of Ultron. All right, um, I'm just gonna I am gonna call the movie based on the fact that I can watch it as a standalone movie, and I can watch it as a part of a series, and it's gonna be Age of Ultron. It's a movie when it comes on the TV, I don't have to run back and watch the Avengers first. It's a movie I can watch as a standalone, and it's one I can watch Avengers and right into Age of Ultron, and it, it fits seamlessly. So it's it's got that to me, it's got that perfect blend of being a movie all on its own and a movie as part of a trilogy or, you know, like what, uh, five. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> trilogy it, it, in it, a bit. Yeah. Trilogy in a couple. Um, so it, to me, it fits in that sort of, you know, it's a good enough movie to be its own, but it's also good enough to be a continuation of a story. So that's why my vote goes to Ultron. Right. Okay. okay. I'm going to say that whether, which way I go doesn't really matter because we've got three, <laughs> for it but i'm just i honestly say thought we'd have to bring adrian in as a tiebreaker this time so i'm <laughs> shocked but okay go um so i'm gonna say that age of ultron had to be what it ended up being at that time because if age of ultron had been disappointing or a failure or didn't seem cohesive or anything like that i think it would have stalled the mcu definitely that being said, we know that it didn't because what they pulled together was a fantastic, a fantastic movie um, from get-go, from the opening sequence where the team is a team, where the characters are not only developing as a team, but they're developing as individuals. We are introduced to three new characters. Um, we are introduced to, unfortunately, a... a a diabolical bad guy that is unfortunately defeated in one movie. But besides the point, that's what you got to do. Um, but Ultron's yeah. never defeated. No, that's the point. there is no, that's the thing. You there, could always bring him back if you wanted to. Ultron's still out there. There's no doubt about it. There's, you cannot scrub Ultron from the internet. There is subsequence of Ultron somewhere anyways. Um, uh, the, the, um, the Dark Knight is a fantastic movie, works as a standalone movie because you don't need, because no one has an origin. The, the only origin you have in that is you're introduced to two new characters. Well, technically you're introduced to three new characters. Rachel is a new character. Uh, Hall is a new, Gyllenhaal is a new character, right? Or is she, oh, she's a replacement actress. She's a replacement actress. That's what, that's what goes against her. They actually had to replace an actor that none of the other characters were changed. It's um, it's the whole entire Schumacher Batman. We'll keep our Commissioner Gordon. We'll keep our Alfred, but everyone else is going to change. Um, and this is supposed to be a, the same universe. But uh, that being said, uh, you're introduced to um, Harvey in this movie. You're given his origin story, and then. His story is over. You're introduced to Joker. You're not given a story, but his story is not over. At the end of this movie, his character continues on. There is no stopping him. Um, but the the weakness of the fact that your main character of Batman is not that strong of a character, and I think it's what makes the movie a lesser movie. Uh, it's a great movie, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the hell out of it, but I think it's because 
of that, the fact that it's Joker and it's Two-Face and that's it. If it were just Joker and Two-Face in that movie, that would be, that would be the ultimate. <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron has everything going for it right from its characters, from its heroes, from its bad guys to its secondary bad guys uh, to lore and myth and setting up stuff that is going to happen down the line and stuff that has happened coming into it. It is, it is the conjunction of where we are in the Marvel Universe at this time and it's a fantastic movie and I'm going to have to say Age of Ultron as well. Now I'm going to breathe. <sighs> <laughs> so, so, okay, so Age of Ultron moves on. All right, so uh, our next showdown is going to be, uh, I think I, we discussed this last week, it's going to be a bit of a rough sort of patch, but um, we are talking the fifth position, which actually in the list of 100 is in the 12th position of 2018's Black Panther, uh, and the number 11th position, which is, uh, sorry, the number 11th seed, which is in the uh, 32nd position is 2019's Joker. So I believe a couple of us um, have already seen. Uh, some of us are probably not going to see. And um, so it'll be a little more even. I'm myself going to uh, uh, attempt to watch it. I'm going to say attempt to watch it because I don't know if I know what I should be seeing. And I've heard a lot of people talk about this movie. And I've heard a lot of stuff about, hey, it's great. Hey, it's not so great. And, but I don't know if it's because my mind is already made up on whether I'm gonna enjoy this movie or not. Again, being a Joker story, as I've just spewed on the past 20 minutes about me loving Joker, it's gonna be hard for me to watch this version of Martin Scorsese's Joker. Uh, that's, that's all I'm gonna say because of what I know about it and what I've heard about it. Uh, what was that, Mike? <laughs> Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Okay. <laughs> I guess Mike's already put in his vote. All right. So that being said... We'll talk about that more next week. Exactly. And next week. So that being said, we're going to wrap this whole entire thing up into a nice little bow and uh, ship it off and send it off to... Uh, Places unknown. So uh, we're going to say good night for now, and everyone's going to say uh, collective goodbye or individual goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, good night, folks. By, uh, USPS. Good day, folks. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Geeking Off the Page. If you would like to interact with us, we do welcome all comments and questions and criticisms. Feel free to contact us through our social medias. On Instagram and Twitter, we can be found at Planet Geek Pod, all one word. On Facebook, go to groups and search for Planet Geek. Our email is planetgeekpod at gmail.com. If you would like to, we would really appreciate it if you were to subscribe and share our podcast. Plus, it would be even better if you could give us a five-star rating and a written review. That would help us so much in getting our show recognized by the almighty algorithm and allow others to discover us.
However, if you want to support us even further, and it's within your budget to do so, you can go to ko-fi.com slash planetgeekpod. That's ko-fi, as in ko-fi.com. And any and all monetary donations will be directly put back into increasing the quality of all Planet Geek Productions products. And once again, thank you for listening, and until next time, keep it geeky. We've lost Michael. Oh, hi, Kona. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> He's just holding in place to see if anyone notices. Are you staying in the middle of a swamp, by the way? Now we've lost him. <laughs> <laughs> He's currently burbling in the swamps. <laughs> Should have got that waterproof iPad. Bubbles right. going to the surface. But again, like like Mike said, he, this is going to be. I mean, this is the thing that's going to make it cohesive all across the yeah. boards, which is. Hi, boys. Hey, hey. Hello. Mike said a cottage. Mike is up at his cottage, yes. It looks like he's Eric, running Eric for is his in the background everywhere. too. Eric can just say hi. The cake is alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. We're okay, it's your turn. It's your turn, Trevor. We've had all three women on here. It's uh, your turn to get the misses. You really want me to? Yeah, go, come on. Adrian's been on. Amanda hey, was Amanda. on at the beginning. Come here, come here for a second. It's gonna happen. We'll just wait. We'll just wait. No, we'll just sit here. It's okay. We're just we're fine. Yeah. We can time lapse. Yeah, we can. We can. Yeah. <laughs> You're locked in there. You exist. Meredith, hi. Hi, Meredith. Kill Bill from the inside of my eyelids right now on the couch. So you will see. All right. It was Sorry. good. It was good. Why'd you wake her up? Why would you oh. wake her up, Trevor? You son oh, of a Trevor, bitch. how dare you? <laughs> it's for the entertainment, people. Hi. <laughs> you spilled the portable a little while longer. So. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> well, That's the threat. That's the constant threat. <laughs> I just kicked my ass north, and there we go. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. That was really good. I like that. Okay. Until June 10th. That's until have, June 10th. Like, you have until June 10th, right? Well, well, that's when I have my interview and civics exam. All right. All right. I'm going to say goodbye, but can you guess which hand I used to hit a board with today? Yep, that's right. Ouch. What? Oh, Trevor. One of these hands is not like the other. Is it the one with the, with the, the, the loose pinky? Uh, no, it's the, the, this right here. See that in comparison? Oh yeah! Ouch! Uh, it's just a it's just a surface bruise. If you'd like to help Trevor's hands, please donate to our Patreon. <laughs> no, but it's not Patreon anymore. What is it? It's Ko-Fi. Oh. Ko-Fi. Yeah, that one. Yeah. K O F I. Oh right, Trevor's American now, so that means uh, that means uh, you know all the shitty healthcare. Yeah, no healthcare. Can you please buy Trevor a bandaid? Please, please one. Well, technically, we have until June 10th before he's no longer Canadian, right? Yeah, but I have to live in, in Canada for six months before OHIP kicks in, so. Oh, that's true. Well, by then, uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll, by then, hopefully, you nice yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll send him some, some Canadian health care on the sly. Woohoo! It'll only take Just, 19 months to get here. <laughs> <laughs>